garbage time. Aaron Baines has been found guilty of three offences uh, that has led to a five-game suspension. Uh, the first charge uh, was for remonstration with referees. Uh, so that was when uh, Aaron Baines didn't get a, a call on that rebound battle, had to be held back by his teammates. Uh, his sort of his aggression toward the officials asking for that call, the aggression there is what led to a one-game suspension. There was another one-game suspension for seeking out Lat Mayan as the teams went back to the locker rooms. Uh, as you remember, you can see Aaron Baines sort of waiting uh, at the start of the tunnel until that man came next to him, sort of bumped shoulders with him, and then walked back to the tunnel. That was a one-game suspension. And then the physical altercation with Adam Ford that we reported last week, uh, that earned him a three-game suspension. Now, the single-member the single member tribunal had CCTV vision. Uh, they had the audio of that incident as well, and so based on the evidence that they saw, there was a three-game suspension there. Those uh, three charges uh, equals up to a five-game suspension that will be uh, served consecutively, not concurrently. So that is a five-game suspension served one after the other. Uh, the Bullets will appeal the decision. Uh, so Aaron Baines leads this single-member tribunal. Five-game suspension, uh, the, the Bullets will appeal it. All right, welcome everybody to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. And we've got another NBL rap episode for you here. Episode number 35, we're bringing it to you every week of the NBL season. And wow, what a start to the season. It's been heaps of drama. As you heard there, Aaron Baines is currently serving a five-game suspension as a result of the incidents that occurred during the Brisbane and Cairns game last week. It was rumoured that coach Adam Ford of the Cairns Taipans instigated some things during halftime outside the locker rooms. That was found to not be the case. Coach Ford and Aaron Baines have both released statements since then and we've also heard the result from the single person tribunal of the NBL that has reviewed the evidence, reviewed the audio and CCTV footage of the incidents that occurred during the halftime break of the Brisbane and Cairns game last week during round two and have handed down that penalty to Aaron Baines. Initially, we heard that the Brisbane Bullets would be appealing the decision, but pretty much confirmed now that they won't be appealing that. Aaron Baines will will serve the five-game suspension for the Brisbane Bullets. He won't play in the next five games for them. What that does is open it up for Rocco Zakarski and Tyrell Harrison, possibly the best backup big in the NBL in the games upcoming in this round. So let's get straight into those games. Round three in the NBL. Let's go. Wayne Mill Doyle's playing, and then he's come in and kind of put himself on the map with the way he played in the blitz. So he's gone from being unknown to in NBA mock drafts in the matter of a couple of weeks. You talk about great off-season recruits. Picked it around to himself. Well, that was illegal, <laughs> to be honest. Off the foot, back to himself. Yes, to the free throw line. That's a straight-up nasty. So dangerous in these situations. Working on Greeter. Three on the shot clock for Milton Doyle. They might not get another look at it from here, but it has been a dominant performance from Tassie on their home floor. A thumping of the Illawarra Hawks 
from the Jack Jumpers, who had some real bite tonight to kick off round three. All right, so let's have a look at the first game that occurred between the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers and the Illawarra Hawks down there in Tasmania. It was a blowout, 30 points, the difference in the end. Milton Doyle, again, another fantastic game, 19 points, 9 rebounds and 5 assists. Jordan Crawford was excellent again as well, shooting 17, 6 for 10 from the field, 3 for 5 from the three-point line, and 6 assists as well. They got their offense firing early. There was nothing the Illawarra Hawks could do about it. They were 20 down early in the second quarter. They could never quite find their way back despite good shooting from Gary Clark. 3 for 6 from the 3 point line and 16 points. Tyler Harvey was fairly absent in this game. Shot pretty poorly. Actually did not hit a 3 in this game and only scored 9 points. Sam Froling was quite good, although they need more offensive production out of him. He had 8 points and 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Justin Robinson eh, had a couple of fouls early and uh, couldn't quite get it going during the rest of the game. Wasn't quite able to bring his team back. They were trailing most of the game. The Jack Jumpers got the jump on them early <laughs> and were able to follow up throughout the rest of the game holding a strong lead throughout most of it and the margin was quite big in the end 103 to 73 uh the second quarter Tasmania scored 31 points to Illawarra Hawks 10 so Jacob Jacobus still has a lot to figure out there in Illawarra that backcourt needs to fire no matter what happens Dan Greeter deserves a mention here. He played quite well. He's seeing an increase in minutes in that Illawarra rotation and deservedly so. They just need a bit more production from Sam Froling and Tyler Harvey and they will be able to compete with the other teams in the league. We saw a few minutes from AJ Johnson as well. It's good to see him getting some minutes and Swakala Bullock as well off the bench getting some decent minutes here but uh, yeah definitely not enough and a pretty poor showing in the end for the Illawarra Hawks turning the ball over quite a bit. Yeah they had 17 turnovers in this game far too many early in the game to give Tasmania a lot of easy looks. A lot of improvement needed from the Illawarra Hawks. Let's hope they can do a lot better against Adelaide in the game coming up in this round. Comes up with the ball with his second unit and Shannon scores. Sikarski closes the lead. That's what the big fella can do right there, Joey. Hudson throws a bullet to Galloway. It's good. Well, good size and you can see the touch. Here's the oh, hang on. To it. You can see that. That's on show. But have a look at this in transition. Oh, boy. The spin. Valentine. Sobey misses at one end. Oh, by Sobey, but also the run by Valentine early in the set when the clock's working in your favour. But they get the advantage, Smith, with the response. Isaac White picks up the loose ball. Sydney Kings take their record to 2-2 two two for the season in an offensive feast. 
All right, so next game up was the Brisbane Bullets versus the Sydney Kings. Now, the Brisbane Bullets were, of course, without Aaron Baines, serving a five-game suspension. That, however, did open up minutes for Rocco Sikarski to finally see some meaningful court time. And he played quite well early, got a block shot, and a couple of putbacks and affected the game positively. He was very good in his 12 or so minutes. Nathan Sobey once again leading from the front. 26 points, went 8 of 18 and 2 of 8 from the three-point line. Shot perfect from the free throw line. And that is rare for players in the NBL at the moment as far as free throws go. The Sydney Kings were led by Jalen Adams, 26 on the night, he had a few rebounds, a few assists, but it was mainly his scoring that drove the Sydney Kings offense. Once again, Alex Tui getting the start and Jalen Galloway. These guys have proven to be worthy of their spot in the starting five, performing very, very well. Alex Tui went seven of eight from the field, scored 18 points, had three rebounds and three steals as well as a block shot. He is proving to be a very, very good two-way player. Denzel Valentine had 15 points as well, going a perfect 4 for 4 from the free throw line and had a couple of rebounds, six assists and a couple of steals as well. The Sydney Kings offensive firepower just too good for the Brisbane Bullets. Brisbane did play quite well despite missing Aaron Bain. The offense definitely ticked over in this game. We saw a 35-point fourth quarter from Brisbane that allowed them to hang around a little bit. So we're seeing quite a lot of scoring in this year's NBL season, despite it being a 40-minute game and despite allowing zone defenses, teams are still scoring at quite a high clip. Both these teams had fairly minimal turnovers and despite the high scoring, the defense was quite solid. Obviously, Brisbane missing Aaron Baines' presence inside there, but I thought Rocco was quite good in his minutes. He deserves to see more of the court. Tyrell Harrison is is a very good starting center in the NBL. Depending on how Aaron plays when he gets back, he could be competing with these guys four minutes on the court. They have a bit of a good problem there in Brisbane where they have a good rotation of big guys. Rocco is only 17, still learning the game, but in his limited showing at the moment has played quite well. I'm a big fan of him. Quartnoy was good off the bench for the Sydney Kings as well. Scored 14, went 4 for 7 from the three-point line. Jonah Bolden also deserves a mention here. Played very, very well in this one. Was efficient. Had 12 rebounds in his 22 minutes. So he is starting to improve as well for Sydney, which spells problems for every other team in the competition. The Sydney Kings playing very well in this game, despite Despite being challenged throughout by the Brisbane Bullets, but they were too good in the end, scoring 113 to the Brisbane Bullets, 102. Melbourne, they shoot the ball poorly all season, just 37%. It's oh. a high percentage player as he welcomes himself back into the jungle. It's a hell of a dover, so you just adjust to whatever is required of you in that team. Oh. LT upstairs on the miss from Krebs. A nice finish from Chris Golding as he casually helps himself to a third triple of the game. Double-figure margin inside. 
first minute of the fourth as Corey Webster dishing off. Pindo, who's been great all night, adds another two. He's got 19 and he's off to the strikes. And that's where you need a good 10, 10 to 12 point lead against the Wildcats because you've got the crowd involved and you've got this man right there. Well, he's overdue. First scores is the opening quarter for Bryce Cotton. He ties it away. Here's Bryce Cotton elevating. And gets a user-friendly roll. Five minutes out from full time. Golden with it now. Yet to score in this quarter. Decides to take it to the rack and adds the two. He's got 18 to lead Melbourne. Melbourne United have prevailed. Their winning streak here in Perth continues to impress. They've now won 10 of their last 12 games in the jungle. All right, so next up in round three, we had Melbourne United versus the Perth Wildcats on the road here to Melbourne at home in John Kane Arena. Well, uh, Chris Gold definitely has the green light this season launching 14 threes in this game only connecting on four however finished the game with a healthy 18 points uh, and was a plus 15 on the night Matthew Delavadova and Luke Travis going along for the ride there with 11 each on pretty efficient shooting Ariel Hookporty also had 11 and 7 rebounds holding up the defensive end once again along with Rob Lowe who is pretty Proving to be one of the best backups in the league. He was a plus 13 on the night as well. Tanner Krebs a little bit quiet in this one. Ian Clark, very good in this one. He had 18 points on 6 of 10 shooting, going 4 for 7 from the three-point line. He was awesome and came up with some timely buckets against the Perth Wildcats, who seemed to be struggling a little bit there in Melbourne. They were in the game. However, a highly uh, in efficient night from Jordan Usher going 6 for 18 from the field 3 for 9 from the 3 point line for 20 points. For me, Corey Webster and Ty Webster are highly overrated players yeah, they tend to look for their own shot far too much for me and don't contribute anywhere near enough to the team offense to justify it. Ty Webster only two points in this game. Corey Webster 12. Bryce Cotton didn't perform that well despite playing almost every minute of the game. Only had the 11 points and wasn't quite able to contribute enough to the team offense. Keanu Pinder was the best player for the Perth Wildcats in this game scoring 25 on 8 of 14 shooting. Also 7 rebounds to go along with that and a steal and a Block. The next are Alex Saar, 3 of 12 in this game for 11 points, going 1 of 7 from inside the arc and 2 of 5 from the three-point line. He had probably his worst game of the year so far and wasn't able to help get the Perth Wildcats over the line in this one. They lose going away to Melbourne and the final score there, 88 to 81. Perth Wildcats dropped to 2-2 two and two on the season and things looking a little bit dicey for John really there and his squad. Probably what helps the Warriors is the fact that this double-headed road trip, man, that they've always, they've been together since it's just one Boy! Oh, That's the energy they need. Players we try the alley oh. to Wiley! Joey Damon! <laughs> we have to talk about this. <laughs> Wiley falls out of the sky. Rolling, maybe he can change the fortunes. He can, though, 4 of 17. The Illawarra Hawks from long range. Craig Kell's going to take three dribbles down to the wing and then try and feed those flowers. Can he stay hot from outside? You bet he can. They go to the youngster. He's had the hot hand in this fourth quarter. Trenton Flowers, the next star. McCarran again will push the ball up the floor. Here we go. He finds Flowers. Down. Bang! Bang! 
first field goal of the game for Justin Robertson. One of 14. They will run out nine-point winners. And they get their first win of the season off the back of that man there, the youngster. All right, so as you heard there, the Adelaide 36ers get their first win of the year against the Illawarra Hawks. The next are Trenton Flowers blooming in front of our eyes in the third and fourth quarter, scoring 18 in the final quarter for a total of 23 points. He was fantastic in the last quarter. They were finding him on the offensive end of the floor. He was doing it from the three-point line and off the bounce, and it was uh, really fantastic to see the youngster finally breaking out and coach CJ Bruton trusting him with the minutes down the stretch against the Illawarra Hawks who had a poor showing from Justin Robinson going one of 15 overall for a negative 18 on the night. Yeah, Illawarra just uh, could not get it going in this game. I must mention, excellent free throw shooting by the Adelaide 36ers, going 24 for 28 as a team overall. It's fantastic shooting from the free throw line. We don't see that often enough from teams. Illawarra were disappointing after a good game last week against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, defeating them. They don't follow it up here with a win. Sam Rowling had a decent game, 21 points and five rebounds on eight of 11 shooting. As mentioned there, Justin Robinson not getting it done. Gary Clark going five for 10 for 14 points and 10 rebounds, doing uh, quite well in in his role. Uh, We didn't see any of AJ Johnson, the next star from the Illawarra Hawks. Tyler Harvey was inefficient going six for 17 and only the three assists. Not quite getting his team involved as was needed. Neither Justin Robinson or Harvey really distributed well enough to get the rest of the team involved and it was uh, a good win for the Adelaide 36ers who get their first win of the season. Congratulations to them and coach CJ Bruton, especially Trenton Flowers. I posted up on Instagram soon after the game as well about this. We've seen Alex Starling fall out of the rotation altogether. CJ Bruton has tightened his rotation here and it seems to be working for the team. Good stuff from the Adelaide 36ers. Let's hope they keep it rolling. And Jacob Jackham is still playing a lot of his bench during this game, despite not quite getting the production that he would like from them. Swakalog Bullock was the best player off the bench for Illawarra. 11 points on 4 of 5 shooting, going 3 for 4 from the 3-point line, shooting the ball quite well in uh, his 17 and a half minutes. But yeah, Adelaide take this one and And we could see very soon former Sydney King DJ Vasiljevic in a 36ers uniform. Stay tuned for more on that. But that looks to be gaining some momentum. Sydney do have first right of refusal in that deal if Vasiljevic was to sign with Adelaide. That's the current arrangement they have, but the word around the league seems to be that Vasiljevic will sign with Adelaide at some point. Let's hope it's sooner rather than later, and Adelaide start to move up the ladder swiftly in NBL 24. Brown takes on the Open again. This time makes them pay. 
no hesitation either. Crawford has Majuk Ding in support here and likes the look of it, and that's why 24 in the game now, including four of six triples. Ten points on four of seven shooting at 57%. Kenyon, flipping two of four from deep. Here's Crawford wheeling and dealing. Oh, Kenyon slapped it out of his hand, and Majuk Ding threw it down on them. <laughs> this time it's Cummings, a little off balance, coming up with a finishing touch. Crawford, the go-to man. He splashes the three to tie it away. Brown against McVeigh. And he gets it done. Gary Brown up to 21 points in the game. But when it's clutch time, things tighten up. And Mitch Creek did enough in away from the contact. It is all over. And an absolute cliffhanger. The South East Melbourne Phoenix have prevailed by a single point here. Righto, so as you heard there, a one-point victory for the South East Melbourne Phoenix over the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Ooh, this was a close one, a nail-biter. Good matchup between the little guys, Gary Brown and Jordan Crawford, both excellent in this game. Gary Brown with the go-ahead two-pointer at the end there to give South East Melbourne the lead going into the final seconds of the game. A missed free throw from Majuk Deng. Helping the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to the victory. Mitch Creek, excellent in this game. 16 points, 8 rebounds, and a couple of assists on some efficient shooting. Will Cummings, good as well here. But Gary Brown, player of the game for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Finishing with 20 and also 9 rebounds and 4 assists. Matt Kenyon against his old side, chipped in 10 points and a few rebounds. Hit a couple of threes in the game with which he was left wide open for. They dared him to shoot, and he got it done from the three-point line when needed. Tasmania were right there, right up until the end. Jordan Crawford, excellent game, 27 points on 11 of 19, shooting uh, shooting 5 of 9 from the three-point line, and also 6 assists and a steal. He was very, very good in this game and almost got his team over the line. Milton Doyle took a back seat to Jordan Crawford's game in this one. Jack McVeigh had 19 points on 3 of 6 from the 3-point line. Shooting was excellent in this game. Also had 9 rebounds and a block. Jack McVeigh absolutely going ahead in leaps and bounds this season and that increased role for Tasmania is really paying off for them. But not much out of their bench in this one for Tasmania. It was mainly the starters getting it done and really put up a, a solid fight against the South East Melbourne Phoenix who really needed to win this one, who were looking to drop to 1-4 and four had they lost. So you could see the urgency for Mike Kelly's squad in this one and I was very pleased to see the Phoenix get over the line. They get back into the winner's column with the win by a single point, 86-85 to 85 at John Kane Arena. Smith, who can fill it up quickly and does on cue. That's a big time shot from Chris Smith. Never not good to be seeing Chris Golding knocking down threes. He's up to nine in the game. United, well done, Harrison. Defused it for the moment, but Golding from almost the halfway line. Oh, oh my goodness. And they put the clamps on Brisbane. Hook 40 goes to work. Nice assist from Shea Hilly. Excellent pass from Golding. Nice finish Travis. Here at the moment, Melbourne just putting on a great show. And it's their depth of talent that kills you. They've got 11 scorers in this game. Been scoring 27-7. Hadley. Gets a look from deep, it's off the mark, getting up with 
beat Perth on Friday night. They beat Brisbane here on Sunday. Okay, on to the Sunday games. And we had Brisbane travelling to Melbourne to take on Melbourne United and... Unfortunately, it was a loss for the Brisbane Bullets. Still without Aaron Baines, of course. In the second quarter, Melbourne scored 29 to Brisbane's 14. It was tied at 14 after the first quarter. It was quite a tight one to start the game. Some good defense being shown from both sides. However, Melbourne broke it open in the second quarter behind some good shooting by Chris Golding. Had a much more efficient game here, shooting 5 of 10 from the three-point line, finishing with 18 points. He was a plus 9 on the night. Luke Travis with 10 and 5. Ariel Hook-Porty with 11 and 12. And Ian Clark once again, the super sub with 10 points, going 2 for 3 from behind the 3-point arc. And yeah, as you heard there in the drop, 11 players all scoring for Melbourne United and their bench totally outplaying Brisbane, who got basically zero out of their bench. Uh, Nothing from Isaac White. Mitch Norton wasn't able to contribute. Unfortunately, Rocco was ineffective, finishing a minus 5 on the night. The usual suspects for Brisbane, Shannon Scott and Chris Smith, both producing pretty well. Nathan Sobey was a little bit quiet for his 16 points and 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He had a few too many turnovers in the game. Also, not enough from DJ Mitchell, who finished a minus 22 on the night, only scored the 5 points and had four rebounds. They got totally outplayed in the second quarter and uh, were never quite able to close the gap with the Melbourne United squad, who emerging as strong title favourites, along with possibly the Jack Jumpers and Sydney Kings at the moment. Yeah, they're looking a much improved team from last season. Of course, still with Joe Lual Achul to return to their lineup. Not much more to say on this one. Brisbane sliding a little bit now. It was a very poor second quarter from them and they weren't able to recover despite scoring 33 in the final quarter to Melbourne's 23. Melbourne United do enough in this game to pretty much cruise to victory at Jog Kane Arena and uh, looking to be one of the strongest teams in the NBL. The Wildcats will be wearing their black away strip the Kings in the purple as Cotton starts well. Well, we asked if he meant business. Adams trying to cut away through. He's just that good. Glover off the inbound. They love running that play for Angus Glover. And he'll be happy with that. Adams foul. While shooting the three. He can get that shot anytime he likes because yeah. he starts, he gets it up so high. It's a beautiful move for Valentine. Bruce the lock for Hunter. ATO special. Tui with the miss and the putback from Jordy Hunter. Shot clock at four for Valentine. Hunter catches it midair and scuffs it. Adams stepped back. No love, but in there on the glass, exploiting that first block. Adams contorts his body, contorts the basketball and scores. He dribbles it out. The Sydney Kings winners this afternoon over the Perth Wildcats, 99 to 86. So the final game of round three of NBL 24, we saw the Perth Wildcats travel to Sydney to take on the Kings. And unfortunately for Perth, it was another loss. They dropped to two and three on the season. Their problems with defensive rebounding continue. Coach John really, really needs to get on top of this 
problem. They seem to have a real issue rebounding the basketball off missed shots, particularly in this game versus the Kings. Jordan Hunter continues to be one of the most efficient big men in the league. He scored 20 points in his 20 minutes on 8 of 10 shooting. He also had 9 rebounds. We saw another fantastic point guard matchup between Jalen Adams and Bryce Cotton with Jalen Adams getting the chocolates in this one, scoring 18 points, getting six assists and four rebounds. He was a positive 16 on the night. Quatnoy chipping in off the bench with seven and Angus Glover as well. Seven points for him. Jonah Bolden, the best player off the bench, grabbing 15 rebounds in 17 minutes in this game along with some efficient shooting for 13 points. Jonah Bolden continuing to get better game after game for the Sydney Kings. They are shaping up to be a very strong team. We haven't even seen DJ Hogue suit up for the Kings yet. They are going to be dangerous going down the stretch. Denzel Valentine also had 13 points, 4 rebounds and a couple of assists. Alex Tui continues his rise to stardom in the NBL. He had 12 points in this one along with five rebounds. Jalen Galloway a little bit quiet in this game given some of the performances he's had this season. And for the Perth Wildcats, Bryce Cotton, 22 points, went 5 of 11 from the three-point line. However, as a team, the Perth Wildcats were pretty average from the three-point line, going 11 of 33 overall. Sydney Kings shot terribly from the three-point line, but were able to out-rebound quite convincingly the Perth Wildcats and score in the paint quite easily against their defense. Keanu Pinder and Jesse Wagstaff, no match for Jordan Hunter and Jonah Bolden inside in this game. The issues are continuing for the Perth Wildcats. Bryce Cotton asking fans for patience, but anyone on the outside looking in can thoroughly understand Perth Wildcats being pretty frustrated at this point of the season. Jordan Usher not really performing, not living up to his first game round one explosion. Uh, he only had 11 points, one rebound and a couple of assists. Wagstaff started the game, surprisingly, after a couple of DNPs. Perth are missing Christian Doolittle, who has done little this season, to be quite honest. And that was the reason for Wagstaff getting the start there. Alex Saar only had six points in this one in his 19 minutes, along with six rebounds. So teams are are definitely preparing for Alex, who is still playing very well. However, he's finding it difficult against defenses now that he has announced himself in the league. Corey Webster, yeah, eight points, not very productive. Ty Webster, only the six points. As mentioned before in this episode, I don't rate these guys very highly. I think they see far too many minutes and are way too inefficient to justify their position in John Rilly's rotation. I think that he seriously needs to adjust that. The Webster boys not getting it done, not quite pulling their weight for the Perth Wildcats, who are struggling on the road at the moment. Let's see if they can get it together once they hit a bit of a home stretch. But at the moment, they are languishing a little bit and getting beaten quite convincingly due to not being able to rebound the basketball as well as they would like. So Sydney Kings get the win here and are looking very strong, looking like one of 
the top teams once again defending their title and going for their third championship in a row this season. They're going to be tough to beat in NBL 24, I think. All right, so that's going to do it for round three of NBL 24. We have had a couple of NBL teams overseas in the U.S., playing some NBA teams. I'll have a bit of a wrap-up of that in the next episode. However, not much to speak of there. They have been getting thumped, just to give you the short of it, if there is much to talk about it there in the last couple of games. We'll cover a bit of it for you here on the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. My name is Rodney E. I have been flying solo once again to give you this NBL wrap-up of round three of NBL 24. If you like, go and follow us over on the social medias. We're on Instagram and Twitter at GT Basketball Pod, Facebook at Garbage Time Basketball Podcast, also TikTok as well under something or another, and listen to the audio podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're out on all the platforms everywhere in the world live from Ballarat in Victoria Australia my name once again is Rodney E and this has been the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast thank you very much for listening see you next time